What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we're coming back with another Make It A Classic. Yes. With the same artist that we already covered <laughs> within the past two months. Yeah, buddy. It was a must, though. It's a necessity. <laughs> it's it's a necessity both times, yeah. I think. Um, I think when we first tried to do the It Was Written, we wanted to challenge ourselves. Right. right? Stop doing these you know, low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Stop doing the you know the easy albums. Let's let's actually do something that would be a little bit of a challenge, but this time around, yeah, no, it's like this the is the low hanging fruit. <laughs> We're actually the, like co- completely opposite <laughs> motivations here. Like this is a record, right. you know. We're coming right around the time of the twentieth anniversary for this album. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the the it was written episode. How like this album to a lot of people in our age group was the entry point for Nas. Yes, and you know, in a lot of ways where. you know the superstardom and mystique and stuff like that came from you know i think you know heads got on early with illmatic Mm -hmm. and then people who were kind of a little more tangentially interested in hip-hop you know maybe fans of the fugees etc got on with with it was written but then once this album came out it was like Nas was this undeniable star belly came out around the same time maybe a few months earlier Mm -hmm. september of of the previous Uh, year october October, you're right, yeah. right. So we did the 20 year tribute for Belly. Right, right, right. For all the new listeners out there, go back and check out our 20 year tribute for Belly. Yeah, that was great. For sure, for sure. So we're trying to make this a classic. I think it was written was a little bit of an easier task. This is going to be a little more difficult, in my personal opinion. You want to start with the where were you? Yeah. So for those who haven't figured it out by now, this is pick on Nas year, <laughs> and. Yik and I were doing the Make It A Classic for Nas' third album, I Am, released April 6th, 1999. Now, right. where was I? I was entering the spring of my sophomore year in high school. Okay. Still hanging out with my brother a lot, listening to a lot of the same music, although I don't think that Nas was ever one of the artists that he was really on. Mm. So, you know, I'm coming off of, you know, Takao 2000 came out the previous semester. I'm kind of reeling from that because I'm, at this point, <laughs> I've just accepted that it wasn't very good. But, you know, right. we have Busta Rhymes and Doc's Name come out. Yeah. Obviously, those were two albums that I was feeling. My brother had just introduced me to Roots. Okay. Actually, so that was something that I was feeling. So I got on the Roots Things Fall Apart right around the time, shortly after that release. Right. So here, you know, I'm, I'm definitely writing. I'm definitely drawing. Okay. And at this point, I'm actually, this is actually where I start to draw a lot of hip hop artists. Okay. And I'm not sure if you've ever actually seen my portfolio. I Probably still have not. these, uh, I still have these hip hop images mm-hmm. or these portraits rather from high school when I just used to sit there and draw. And I think at this point, I had only drawn Method Man, but eventually I will draw Nas. And one of the pictures that I use for Nas is this album cover, Yeah, which that ends up happening in the future. But at this point right now, mm-hmm. I remember the video for Hate Me Now came mm-hmm. on. And yeah, I remember it was a, it was a pretty big deal. I never yeah. actually saw the version where his coffee was on the cross. Yeah. yeah, I never saw that. Um, at least not not initially, not when it came out. I only saw the Nas version, but Yeah, they pulled that down pretty fast. Yeah. I remember liking the song, mm-hmm. liking the video. And yeah, I guess this was probably my I I knew I knew who Nas was. Right. And I had yet to really go back to listen to Illmatic or it was written, but oh, wow. this was when Nas really started to get my attention. Yeah. Was, was this album. Yeah. Where were you? I was at Oakton High. Right. I remember this, again, like you said, being a huge album, uh, an mm-hmm. album that kind of united the mainstream and the and the underground, you know, 
not in a similar way to the way the Eminem Slim Shady LP did. Right. But, you know, like, Nas's like was on this album, yes. right? So for the purists, the DJ Premier, you know, hip hop head heads, this album had something for them mm -hmm. when that came out as a single. But then additionally, Nas as sex symbol. <laughs> I, I really very, very, very seriously remember in this time frame, all the girls talking about Nas, like Nas, yeah. Nas, 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 Nas. Yeah. It was everywhere. Hate Me Now was huge. I remember it being played at school dances. Like, I mean, yeah. it was just it Hate was me now everywhere. Was yeah, it was real big. This album was kind of everywhere at the time. I also yeah. remember Timbaland and Aaliyah were huge at this point in time. Yes, and they so were. Nas having a single that had Timbaland and Aaliyah on it, a song that had R. Kelly on it, a oh, song that God. had DMX. Like, these were all other names that were huge names at the time. And I just remember, you know, it being kind of an event that he, he united all these different things. So that's where I went. Yeah. All right. Should we get into the critical reception? Yeah, let's talk about the critical reception. Critical reception, kind of mixed. Um, mm -hmm. the, the source gave this four and a half mics. Wow. <laughs> wow, home that's ridiculous. Cooking. Definitely home, <laughs> home cooking. Home cooking. I think everybody else kind of gave this like a, a B, B minus. Um, maybe a few folks gave it a B plus. I think the, okay. the biggest problem with kind of judging the critical reception for this album uh -huh. is realizing like where the music landscape was at the time. Okay. I think that this was a very acceptable album, not necessarily what we consider the artist, okay. just as a piece of music. Okay. I think it was a very acceptable album coming out in 1999 yeah and thus because you had nas mm -hmm. and because you had some really amazing songs yeah i think that actually at the time this album received more favorable reviews whereas yeah. now when you look back at it you're like my god man half of this album is really good and the other half of this album is Absolute fucking trash. trash yeah i mean i yeah. you know again we talk about the wake of of the passing of Pac and big mm -hmm. and you know while this is a, you know a, a good little distance away from them passing i think this album benefited also from the the wake of them leaving you know them being these two huge luminaries yeah you know nas I remember, you know, Jay, who's the best MCs, Biggie, Jay-Z, or Nas, right? Like yeah. Nas and Jay-Z kind of fell into that that void that was there when we mm -hmm. lost Pac and Big. And I think I think Nas kind of benefited from that mystique here because, yeah, I don't think that people really listen to this album with a critical ear. At the, at the time, time or now? Oh, yeah, at the time, yeah, no. The weird thing about this album is people who are like Nas stands... <laughs> they kind of like gloss over this album like you never really hear them like talk about it in depth but they're like yo Nas, he's got mad he's got mad classics you're like oh how many classics oh he has like five classics and they name the classics right and it's like it's all kinds of stuff right they're throwing lost tapes in there they're throwing all kinds of stuff in right okay but like i am is never in the list right well it's not as bad as nostradamus it isn't you know but but you can tell they were you know written and recorded around the same time yeah uh, yeah. But yeah. So we, we're doing a make it a classic for this, right? Right. And something that we used to do when we first started doing the make it a classic, but we haven't done in a while, mm -hmm. is really talk about why this should have been a classic. And okay. I have some thoughts. I, okay. I think for one, 
as we covered last year, if you've been following this podcast, you can see there's a litany of tributes that we have for albums that came out in 1998, because 1998 was a huge year, right? Right. And all right, you have DMX coming out at the end with Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, of My Blood December. Right. Yeah, Busta Rhymes, you had, you know, Doc Sine, Red Man, Things Fall Apart with Roots, and, you know, Eminem, Slim Shady LP. You had some good music that was, was coming out. But in terms of the real, real heavy hitters, like the heavy, heavy, heavy hitters, uh -huh. you know, I think that Nas had actually waited a long enough time to kind of clear out for for, for the DMX hype to kind of die down a little bit. And mm. I think that 99 really? was his year to really shine. Mm. So it's his, it's his third LP. Okay. Um, you've got some really big singles. You you know, yeah. people that are expecting big things from Nas. He's been working, <clears throat> you know, for a long time in the studio to get this out there. Right. And I think that when you had so many quality products mm -hmm. in 1998, for Nas, who's coming off of the success the relative success or at least notoriety mm -hmm. of, of belly to kind of wait a little bit, wait for things to kind of calm down and then take the industry by storm or, mm -hmm. or, or take the radio by storm. Mm -hmm. I think that this should have been probably like his most epic album, yeah. um, at least in terms of like time of release. Right. Definitely. Obviously we, we look back at Illmatic and a lot of people say, Hey, that's his best album. But right. at the time that that came out, mm -hmm. I don't think anyone expected that to be his best album, right? Yeah. Whereas I think that this album, this like oh, the way we are waiting for it, yep. similar to how we are waiting for it to Cal 2000, like yeah. everybody was waiting for this album. Yeah. Everybody was waiting for Nas, I am. Definitely. And I think because of where he was in the game, yeah. because of you know the investment in this, this absolutely should have been one of his best records. Agree wholeheartedly. And yeah. And because, I, you know, because it's not, it's just, it's just disappointing. And, and I mean, to add to what you're saying, right? Um, like I said, Belly, Belly had just come out months before mm -hmm. this. Um, he had a clothing line, the Esco, the uh, yeah. you know Esco clothing at the time was he was co-branded with. Um, he was kind of killing a lot of features. I remember in '99, yeah. and this is probably a little bit after this album came out, but um, he was on the Hot Boys remix or whatever with with uh, with Missy. So I remember <sighs> yeah, he had, that song is so hot. Yeah, yo. I love that shit. So he, he had he had some like real big features. He was featured on the Mob album. He was featured on a lot of yeah. things. So I mean, like you said, like the stage was perfectly set, and you mm -hmm. you make a good point that you know. X kind of, for, for lack of a less crude term, kind of, he, he like busted his load already, right? Like he, dro <laughs> he, dro he dropped two albums in like fucking three months, yeah. like, you know, four months. So, so, all right, X gets that out of the way and yeah. he's the biggest artist in the whole world. Yeah, he's huge. And so now time. it's like, now it's like, okay, Nas, what are you, you going to do, right? right? Because literally all there is is Jay-Z, Nas, and DMX at this yeah. point in time. And, and Jay-Z um, has got his fingerprints all over 1998, not just with his right, record, but right. with some of his features. And yep. with Rockefeller and Def Jam in general, and the, the whole, right. you know, Rockefeller tour, the, what was it, the, what was the name of that uh, tour? The Hard Knock Life Tour, uh, right? Hard Knock Life Tour, yeah. yeah Hard like, Knock Life Tour. That's, that's Jay-Z's year. Not, yeah. like 1999 is supposed to be Nas's year. So, we even get a Jay diss on this album. Yes, <laughs> we do. Right? Like, I mean, yeah. Like, he even acknowledged, like, oh, Jay's Jay's doing it right now. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I agree wholeheartedly. This this definitely, if any album from a timing perspective, other than you know, because your first album, they say it, all your life up to that is how long you've been writing it. So That's you know, fair. other than his first album, this would have been the album that should have been a classic. Mm -hmm. One of the things we also have to mention, of course, is. We haven't even gotten into the highlights and the lowlights yet, and obviously we will, but 
Before we go any further, we should mention just how unfortunate it was for Nas in the sense that I think this is one of the first albums where like the majority of the track listing leaked before it was right. released. Yep, um, yep. You can you can expand on that if you want to. It's actually funny because this isn't the first time this has happened to Nas, right? <laughs> like so, so Illmatic, you know, they say the reason it's so short and the reason it doesn't have like a whole bunch of skits and stuff like that is because it leaked so many people had it on tape and so they ended up just saying fuck it just put it out as it is 10 tracks just just throw it out there um so here he kind of runs into that again and this mm -hmm. is early in the like people creating mp3s yep. of albums uh type of situation it was supposed to be a double album which we are definitely going to talk oh, about more later we, we got a lot a lot on that but it was supposed to be a double album and they ended up saying you know just push the button put out what we have and we'll worry about the rest of it later because yeah. of what leaked. Yeah. And so, you know, even though I, I'm not sure how well the double album would have been received based off of mm -hmm. the tracks that I've heard, it's still <laughs> unfortunate that Nas felt the need to do this because I think I read somewhere that Nashadamas, he's actually fine with that album. This is the one oh. that he does not like because wow, I think that's what it was. I think mm. that's what it was one of the albums that he put out around this time i think he yeah. was fine with and the other one he was just like no i thought the general nas collective right believed that lost tapes was the one of these three that was like acceptable yeah but i'm talking about for nas himself okay for, so for for what i understand nas was actually satisfied with nostradamus i think i am because of the leaks he got mm. really really upset with it and just said fuck it and just put it out mm. and like hates this album i think i'm but not this sure is but i think better that's what than I read. nostradamus it is better than nostradamus <laughs> absolutely it's better than nostradamus wow yeah yeah and look for our listeners we're going to be talking a lot about the lost tapes and nostradamus mm. on this Definitely. episode Unless you have anything else to add, we could just right, get right into the highlights, the lowlights. Do you want to talk about your reception of this album when it came out? My reception of this album was, I liked it, but it mm -hmm. missed something for me. Like it was lacking something mm -hmm. for me. It just didn't feel complete. And I remember yeah. really, I, I think the reason why parts of this album vibed with me so well is just because mm -hmm. some of the songs on here are really, really amazing. But yeah. I think that this was never something that was routinely in my CD. Right. This isn't something that I routinely played all the time just because yeah. it just has a lot of lackluster things on it, right? Agreed. And the filler Agreed. on this was not something that was even like tolerable. Right. You know, like a lot of it's just really bad. And you know, it's funny that you say that to expound on that. Like, you know, sometimes when you hear, when you hear kind of filler, that mm -hmm. especially in this era, you're like, oh, this really sounds like 2002 or this really sounds mm -hmm. like 2000. And that's why it's filler, right? Yeah. But like here, like this filler isn't even bad because it sounds like the era. It's yeah. just not good, yeah, right? Like good. it's it's just not good. Like it's not like, like you talk a lot about how, you know, Kanye kind of started making a lot of beats that sounded similar to each other. And so yeah. when you hear certain beats in that era, you're like, oh, that reminds me of where, what I was doing in 2004. Fair, yeah. Like this isn't even that. No, no, it, it, you're right. And, you know, when we just did our quarterly, we talked about Doxin A, Redman. And I think at mm -hmm. the time, there were a lot of songs on there that I skipped that I probably yeah. just would have considered filler. And I'm going mm -hmm. back to listen to them now. And I'm like, wait, this is a really good song. Same right. thing with Sound Bombing, 
right? Yeah. Sound bombing yeah. has some filler on there. But you go back and you listen to it 20 years later, and you're like, why didn't I like this song back then? <laughs> And right, then right. and then I go back and I listen to I Am and I'm like, wow, how did I ever even listen to this song back then? It's like the complete yeah. opposite of that. Yeah, Jeez. definitely. Definitely. Man. I would <sighs> say my perception of it was, um, again, a little bit caught up in the hype. Um, you yeah. know, we're, we're kids in high school, right? So, so people, you know, we got our little binders and we have like probably some magazine cover that we ripped out that we mm -hmm. put on the t front of the binder. I'm sure I probably had a Nas one at some point, right? Like, yeah. so I, I like Nas, right? Yeah. So I'm conflicted in a way because I'm skipping through this album and I know I'm <laughs> skipping through this album, right? Yeah. I'm listening to maybe three or four songs on here. And then I'll tell you how, how I know that this album is filled with filler is I remember going out and buying Nas is like the single mm -hmm. for two reasons. One, because I, I really, that was like the only song I really, really loved on the album, right? Yeah. Two, it had the instrumental on it. Yeah. And I remember us freestyling over that instrumental so much. And this is a time frame when, you know, we're trying to be rappers too. So we, you know, we were looking for beats to rap over. The third reason is because back then we actually used to buy the physical singles. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We used to do that. But, but what I what I didn't do typically is if there was an album that I loved, I typically didn't didn't even bother buying. The sure, thing. sure. But this album was not that good, so it was just no. like you know I, I was I was okay with nitpicking things out of it. So, you know, I, it, it goes to show how much respect I had for Nas that mm -hmm. I bought it because typically, I told you about my my process where I would find you know two, three, four songs that I like first before I go out and buy an album, yeah, and yeah. here. I just saw Nas's name, and by name recognition, I went out and bought it when it came out. You know, I didn't even need to listen to anything. Mm -hmm. So, you want to go to go to highlights or lowlights? Yeah, let's definitely do the highlights first. Okay. So, uh, right off the bat, I mean, we talked a little bit about "Hate Me Now," but I think it's a really good single, and supposedly, it wasn't going to be released on the double disc. It, it wasn't in the original track listing. Oh wow! I didn't it, know that. There's a lot of controversies surrounding the song. Right. Most of it has to do with the video, the imagery in the video. Mm -hmm. But I actually don't have any issue with that. There's other things that he does that I kind of take issue with, but I didn't really have an issue with the, with the Jesus-like imagery. It doesn't bother me. Well, it, it was it was Puff that had the, the issue. Yeah, but I think a lot of people in general just took issue with him walking out with the cross, like getting whipped and with the, with the crown of thorns. Like, I think a lot of people just like, thought it was disrespectful sacrilegious yeah, yeah. and whatnot but i didn't really see right. it as that and for, i mean for real like that sample and puff's feature on it like most of the time i don't like it when puff does his ad-libs but yeah, they really exactly. they work on they this song. really fucking work here yeah like like if you take them away this song isn't i don't good it, as you're as absolutely as right it doesn't work right. without puff <laughs> yeah, which is very very rare there's only two songs i can say that to off the top of my head mm -hmm. it's this and um who the fuck is this page of me at 5 46 in the morning uh warning the one i was gonna say was um i think it's uh pray and pray for my downfall oh Life that's death. true yeah he, does kill that. he goes he goes and over the top but it, it works <laughs> Even hypnotized, actually, I, I really like his. Take his that, little take that, take that. I could go with, I could go without that kind of puff, but either way, we're, we're both. Make in him agreement. say, "Show me, homie, homie." <laughs> <laughs> 
But you and I are both no, in agreement that his right, ad-libs right. on Hate Me Now definitely make the song, help make the Facts. song what it is. Facts. So so that's my first highlight. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the next big highlight is Nas's like premiere at his finest. Man. Nas oh. at his finest. New York hip-hop bob your head to the beat at his finest like there's nothing not to love about this song these guys were able to tease a collaborative album for the next fucking 25 <laughs> years <laughs> just That's because true. of this song That's true. <laughs> they'll probably still be telling us they're going to come out with a collaborative album for the next 10 years nas <laughs> needs something because you know what he did with kanye well i can't really speak to it because i didn't i didn't hear the album because i wasn't it wasn't listening. good don't worry okay all right all right yeah. Um, so yeah, but yeah, Nas is like, I mean, there is not one aspiring MC who, mm-hmm. when digging through hip hop instrumentals to just, you know, spit demos over or whatever, like doesn't have yeah. this instrumental of Nas is like, it's this is one, one of the dopest samples. Um, it's, it's so yep. simple too. It's a very repetitive beat mm-hmm. as most of Premier's beats are, but like yeah. this is one of those loops that it's so lovely that it just never, ever, ever gets old. I could probably listen to this loop for like 10 minutes straight and definitely. still be rocking to it. Definitely. That's definitely a highlight. I will go with New York State of Mind part two <laughs> to go back with the premiere as well. Right. I love New York State of Mind on Illmatic. And I think that the the way that this song starts kind of teases that. Mm-hmm. But then the beat is still reminiscent of the first New York right. State of Mind, but it's also clearly different. It's more refined, it's yeah. more mature, it's a little bit more in depth. And you have Nas doing all the things that I love that Nas does. So yeah, New York State of Mind for me is definitely a, is definitely a highlight. Mm-hmm. Favor for a favor. Mm-hmm. I just love Scarface. Yeah. And Scarface's feature on here, I think is really, really good. I, I love his energy. Yeah. Um, I think it really works with what Nas is trying to go for. Right. The beat is okay. It's not my favorite, but it's not, but it's not bad. It works. Yeah. And again, just Scarface on here is great. Mm-hmm. And the last big highlight for me is uh, We Will Survive. Yeah. I think that's a really dope song. It's a right. good throwback again to Illmatic. The Q-Tip song, what is it? Um, One Love? One Love, yes. Thank you very yeah. much. Yes, it's a, it's definitely a throwback to One Love on Illmatic. But, you know, he, in this go around, he definitely gives a shout outs to, uh, or he pays his respects to Tupac and Biggie, which right. don't really make sense. Maybe the Tupac <laughs> one, but the Biggie one, can interesting interesting but either way I, I still thought it was a dope song uh whoever is singing we will survive i don't know is that a sample what is that from i thought it was the sample but maybe it's jamel edgerton that's that's who i see is credited here as one of the writers either that or yeah i don't think it's kenny loggins this is it i don't think that but either way the vocal on there like in the hook is so I don't know. It just sounds great. It's just a really, really good song. So yeah, those, it does sound good. Yeah, those to me are my highlights. What do you got, man? I mean, I think you that I touched really on them all. Took everything, man. <laughs> like this is not a very good album. I'm sorry. So uh, any of the highlights that uh, that I talked about, if you want to, just expand on them if you want to. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, my highlights are the exact same highlights as yours. Um, I I think I would add that. Um, New York State of Mind too. I thought it was kind of interesting. Like he, he took it in a little bit of a different direction by making it like a little bit more poignant storytelling, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, dude, I think I think you pretty much covered it. Like I I agree with everything that you said. Okay. Well then, let's do lowlights. 
I'll get that one. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so so let's go from the top. Um, Nas sucks at intros. So the intro's cool. I guess it's kind of like a, hey, remember, I, I used to could rap really good and I still can. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't I didn't understand what the purpose of like the the horror movie kind of soundtrack with like little splices of, of dope bars that he had from the last two albums. I didn't know why that was an intro. Okay. Did you? When I was listening to it recently, I was like, oh, yeah. I remember I used to like this intro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I think> I, <laughs> that was it. That was my only thought about it. Cool. So Small World is... Is that a low light? I don't think it's a low light. It's not a highlight. It but... just doesn't say... It's just not, it does, I don't even need it. Like, okay. It's, it's just there, you know? Same with, with Ghetto Prisoners. I don't, I don't need it. Um, yeah. I Want to Talk to You. Is that the one where he tries to rap fast? I want to talk to the mayor, to the governor. Oh, it's that one. To the that hook is just... It's just... It's just trash. So I, I, I like the concept. Uh-huh. I, I really want I, I want that concept fleshed out over a better beat mm-hmm. with a better hook. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was trash. I thought you won't see me tonight was trash. <laughs> I thought I <laughs> thought Doctor Knockboot was silly, but I didn't need it. Um, I thought that you know you you picked a time frame where DMX was literally on fucking fire. He could yeah. do no wrong. His verse on here is amazing, and you still made a bad song. I don't even know how he he, he was capable of that. Like, yeah. I could have had my little sister just like come up with something, and DMX would have dropped his verse, and the shit would have been amazing. I don't mm-hmm. know how he made a bad song with DMX in this time frame. Big things. Maybe that was the one I was a fast for. There's a there's a joint on here yes, where you yes, can yes. tell. Yeah, that's this one. It is, yeah. Literally, you can tell he listened to Jigga What and was like, oh, I gotta have a fast flow on my shit too. And it's absolute trash. Like literally like the worst Nas song I've ever heard. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. That one might be. He does have some bad. That might be a bad one. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Horrible, dog. Oh, and it's it's even worse now. Having With to listen R. to R. Kelly. Kelly. Oh god. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's so, bad. so bad. Money is my bitch is like <sighs> It's like I I I get it, I guess. Like this is this is the shit that he gets accused of, right? Like it's like this fake deep shit, right? Where yeah. it's like Yo, yo, come with me. You know, I'm about to take you on this deep ride. Like, it's like, sometimes it works with, you know, um, I gave you power, right? Like, perfect. Yes. This is where it completely misses. Like, no, money is not your bitch, dog. No, it's not hot. And then undying love, also unnecessary. So pretty much everything you didn't mention is a low light for me. So... Let me go into something. Let me expand on some of these things. So actually, Small World, I... It's not a highlight for me, but mm. I, I actually kind of like it. And I'm going to keep it on the album when we do the Make It a Classic, right? But okay. one of the things I need to talk about in general, in terms of just general lowlights, is okay. Nas and his and his hooks, singing on these hooks, oh right? Oh, my God. So yes. I was listening to Nostradamus today, something that I have uh-huh. not done in a very <laughs> long time. Right. And there's a song on there where he says... Who do you think was singing on the hooks first? This, that, and the uh, other. Awesome TJ Swan shit. That's the Nostradamus song. Is that what? All right. So several yeah. things about that. First of all, you were not the first <laughs> MC to sing on a hook. Uh, right. LL Cool J and Biz Marquee did that shit back in the '80s, right. and that shit was hot when definitely when Biz Marquee did it. Okay, that's just a yeah. fucking classic. Even like Phenomenon and records like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Like you're not the first person to do this. The second thing is you suck when you do it. 
He does it all <laughs> yes. over Nashadamas. Every single one of his bad records on this album, most of them have him fucking singing on the hook. Yes. This just yes. sounds trash. It's so bad. Yo. It's really, really bad. It's really, really bad. So, you know, when you have him uh, on there with, uh, with I Want to Talk to You, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, it is a decent concept, but like that hook is just, it's not good. Yeah. <sighs> it's just annoying. So, Dr. Nakboot, right? All right. <laughs> There's actually something I do kind of like about this record, right? Yeah. The, the idea, too, actually. The, but the idea of the do and don't, it's like, okay, I can kind of get with that. And the fact that the women say do are sexy like, and the guys say don't, like, it's like, all right, like, it's kind of cool. I also thought it was funny that he shouts out Pac on this album, but then he kind of throws him under the bus with he's like, don't be on some Pac and Mike Tyson shit. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. But I think at the end of the day, it doesn't work. And really what I would kind of liken this track to is 10 Crack Commandments on Life After Death. It's a similar type of thing in terms of like, oh, let me give you a manual in that sense right. of let me give you a manual of selling drugs. And Nas is like, yo, let me give you a manual of how to talk to these women, right? But mm-hmm. that doesn't work on this album for two reasons. One, the song just is, is, is just is too silly. It just doesn't really work. It's too silly. And it's like... The other thing, too, and I don't think Undying Love is a bad song, right? Okay. I, in fact, I actually think it's a good song. The problem, though, is that Nas has this habit of being like the unfortunate guy a lot like a little too much so mm-hmm. the, like a, you know Nas has like I feel like several songs where he's getting cheated on and yeah. I think that if you have if you have a song on here where it's the last track too which is you know good song where you're getting cheated on to the point where you have to go get your mans to help you kill the dude and then kill your girl and kill yourself, yourself at the end right you can't also have Dr. Knockboot on the same record like that shit just doesn't make any fucking sense right <laughs> yo but honestly though if you look at his relationships in terms of the ones we know about <laughs> I they, mean I won't go talk about the personal of, shit but <laughs> they do kind of align with what you're saying, but, I'm but saying. here's the thing though right we can criticize Jay-Z all we want for being a toxic masculine misogynist right like we can criticize that but that shit worked for him you know because i believe most of what jay-z says on wax in terms of like him trying to sell me something like okay i believe it coming from you i understand you're embellishing you're on the mic you're telling a story you're selling records i get all that but like this doesn't come across to me as false and I think that when you have tracks like Undying Love and even like K-I-S-S-I-N-G <sighs> on here with Dr. Knockboot, like, I'm sorry. I'm like, yeah. it just doesn't work. It's almost like he doesn't think about the records that he puts together. Really like, thinking about this album highlights just how different Nas and Jay-Z are. Because I think that mm. for all rights, like, for people to say that Nas is the better MC and at least should have been the better talent, I totally get that, right? But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, too, seeing the difference between these two MCs, these two artists, really highlights just how important it is to have a business mindset whenever you're doing anything that could be business-related. And I think that Jay-Z always thought about the entirety of his projects mm-hmm. and how it works business-wise. And yeah. I don't think that Nas did that well enough. 
you mentioned this before that Nas really needed a manager. He needed an executive yeah, producer. Yeah. yeah, he really needed that. I, I, he clearly had the vocal talent to do right. anything he wanted to do. But in terms of having the mindset of like being able to react to what the hip hop audience wants and will mm-hmm. accept and find believable, I, I think Nas has always struggled with that. And listening yeah. to this album and listening to Nasha Damas and listening to even like the Lost Tapes, because the Lost Tapes is dope. But if you mm-hmm. really think about that, like very few of those songs actually work on on any of the projects. So if you think if you think <laughs> about like the unreleased tracks from I Am and the ones that ended up on Nasha Damas, uh, and you think about like that time frame, and then the the unreleased tracks for Stillmatic that all kind of ended up into Lost Tapes, like. Mm-hmm. Those are really dope songs, but they just they're on last tapes because they don't even really belong anywhere. Yeah. Not all of them, but but some of them. So Yeah, most of them. I agree with you. That's kind of that's kind of my take just on on the low lights. Um mm. do you want to make it a classic? Sure. So essentially, I'll just tee it up, right? right? Like you said, um around this time, this album was supposed to be a double album. Mm-hmm. Um it, you know, we didn't get the double album. Instead, we got in my opinion, three mediocre albums, you know, sorry, Nas fans, you know, shoot me about the the lost tapes if you want. But like, I don't go back and listen to the lost tapes as an album and be yeah. like, oh, this is a good album. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just don't. There's highlights that are actually excellent, really stellar highlights. highlights, right? Yes. But I mean, it's it's just not. So in my mind, my my classic is actually the perfect amalgamation of those three albums. Okay. So I, rather than him dropping these three separate projects, I made one project out of the material here. So okay. su- su- suspension of, of disbelief is, let's just assume that at the time he was ready to, to release I Am, all of these records were recorded and ready to go. Right? Okay. Now we need, to be, we need to be specific though, because some of the tracks mm-hmm. on Lost Tapes were not recorded during these sessions. Those were recorded during the Stillmatic sessions. So if you're right. gonna use, so, so we have to be clear which which ones we're doing here. What I'm saying is, I am assuming that everything that's on the lost tapes was available to go out on this particular version of I Am that is a classic. So even songs like Do Rags, because Do Rags wasn't recorded then. Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. That, that's what that's what I'm doing on my. All right. So. All right. All right. Cool. All right. I'm starting with with Hate Me Now. Um, right. I I don't think that the album intro really captured the impact of what this this Nas album was going to be. And I think mm-hmm. the intro to Hate Me Now and Hate Me Now itself really do a really good job of like giving us the like Nas is a superstar and he's here. Mm-hmm. So I'm cutting everything else away and starting with Hate Me Now as, as, the, as the intro. I don't mind that. I like and that. And I'm not changing anything. So then I'm moving New York State of Mind Part 2 as, as the second track. Okay. All right, all That's right. That's my second song. Um, favor for favor, I am keeping it almost exactly the same. I'm adding Tupac. I'm adding a Tupac verse. Uh, it's a posthumous verse. It appeared on Deadly Combination, I believe, the the Big L joint. Okay. How shall I plead forever thugging on a quest for your G's, running from enemies ever since the days of the seed. I'm under pressure. That joint. It goes, to me, it goes well with the beat. I would have built the beat around that and then just had... Uh, Scarface and Nas on it. I like it. All, I like all three it. together. So right. yeah, that's that record. I'm bringing in Do Rags. Okay. Now Do Rags. I think most people who are Nas fans like Do Rags. It's a good um, song. For me, I think the hook. It, it just kind of sounds a little unfinished. Okay. So I have Slick Rick doing the hook, 
I have Andre oh. 3000 featuring um, on the song. I feel like Andre mm. 3000 would have given like a whole kind of different perspective, but on the, on the same subject matter that would have really killed this. Scene. All right, I kind of like that. So then my next is No Ideas Original. Okay. That record, as it is. I'm yeah, I mean, look, anytime you have one of the hip hop legends kicking a dope verse over, you know, the, the Barry White right. sample. Um, Just straight up. Yeah. That's the, the same sample that I was, I was drooling over on the most deaf record that we did we, we yo ghostface has a record over yeah, that shit too yeah, facts facts it's just such a perfect sample you don't even need to do anything to yeah. it yeah it's amazing blaze of 50 is actually one of my favorite Nas songs and blaze of 50 um, was supposed to be on the original double disc yeah so blaze of 50 i'm adding i'm not changing anything papa was a player okay like the record but i, I need somebody on the hook i okay. couldn't think of who i wanted on the hook I just said maybe Ronald Isley because Ronald Isley was on 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 the Nostradamus joint, but I want the hook to be a sung hook. Okay. I feel I like, like you know I like where he was going with it. Mm. I think his verses are dope. I think the concept is dope. The sample is ill. I just think the hook a hook could have taken it to the next level. Okay. Next is Nostradamus. Really? I'm keeping it. I would want a different hook. Yes, please. Um, I want somebody to come in and give us a different hook. But my my kicker on that record is featuring EPMD. Interesting. Okay, you have a very different flavor. I want like a throwback to tell people this is where this sample comes from. Like this yeah. is a this is an EPMD record. So featuring EPMD. I'm keeping Project Windows, which okay. I really debated a little bit because I, I don't know that I love this song. I'm keeping but I it also too, though. Don't hate it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And then this is actually my gonna be my favorite song on here. Um, Come and get me. Come okay. get me. Yeah. Becomes a posse cut. Oh, a posse cut. Interesting. Come get me with the primo beat featuring Big Pun, Prodigy, and Cannabis. Wait, why do you need Prodigy on there? The beat just sounds like something Prodigy would kill, and if he wasn't killing it, he would be scratched in the hook. Like I just, I hear his voice on that beat. If you're gonna have them, I feel like, man, Raekwon would add that to that too. Yo, what if he it was like, what if it was like John Blaze Part Two, yo? Oh, with like that shit would ten be crazy. That would be crazy. Yeah, throw Ray and Ghost on there, like oh, just be like a ten minute track. Cause that oh, beat man. is like a, it's like a freestyle beat, right? Like it's like that, that shit is hot. It's, it's super repetitive, but it's really just fire, like like you know, uh, primo. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, that's what I had. Um, we will survive. Yeah, I kept, but I put it as the very last song. Okay. I think I think it should have been the outro, and I think it's m a much better outro than Undying Love. Oh yeah. Um, I put Aaliyah because I I like the idea of having Aaliyah, but I hate you won't see me tonight. So I've got Aaliyah singing kind of harmonies with the uh, the sample, the you know, still somehow we always survive, mm -hmm. and then maybe she gets like a little solo at the end or something like that. Because I still want her, I still want her there. She's superstar studded. She's super talented, and it also would kind of be a little eerie with you know her unfortunate and untimely passing as well mm -hmm. to kind of have her on a record that's about that. So I got Aaliyah on that record. Last words, that record that had uh, Nation and Millennium Thug yeah. on it. Okay, you like that record. I'm taking Millennium Thug off it and I'm putting Nature. Okay. But I like the beat and like the concept and stuff. It was cool. It's like a, yeah. it's, it actually it's a record that reminds me of Godson. It's okay. like something that would have been on Godson to me. And then New World, I had and I put Andre 3000 and Kelly Price. Kelly Price doing the hook. Which one's New World? The one that has the, what is it, the Africa sample? 
Oh, yeah, that's on Nostradamus, right? Yeah, on Nostradamus. That's actually not, you know, I was listening to that again today, mm-hmm. thinking it was going to be whack. And, and it's not that bad, right? The the hook on it is really good. You said you did or did not like the hook. I said I liked it, but I wanted a real singer on it, and oh, I wanted yeah. Kelly Price. Yeah, I wanted okay. Kelly Price to do that hook. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And then uh, I've got the last one that I that I kept of the three projects is You Owe Me. I think You Owe Me might be one of the more underrated records in his catalog. Wow. I think that Timbaland beat is fucking banging. The beat is hot. I think, you know, it's super contradictory, but that's just Nas, right? Like, like to me, this is Nas in the club. Like, that's what Nas in the club I, sounds like. Oh Uchi Wally or You Owe Me. I do like Uchi Wally, but... Nah. Yeah. So I kept it. You, you, okay. Well, we're going to have to disagree with that one, but yeah, I'm going to come well, back to that. Did you want to talk about it now or you look, want to come back? Look, I was genuinely wondering how Genuine was able to sing that hook <laughs> and keep a straight face, yo. It's it is such a ridiculous song. hook. You but Uchi Wally is also the dumbest. But, yo, but that but Uchi Wally is allowed. Black to be. Girl Lost is also the dumbest. Like Here's this the thing, is though. Nas, right, dog. Right, this is him. Black Girl Lost is not a hit single. Okay, Uchi Wally, right. yes, was a hit single. But at the uh-huh. same time, too, like that hook, like it's fine. You know, that's 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 hip hop for you. It's whatever. This ignorance is Nas, dog. Like that, like that's who he is as a human. No, I think you're right. <laughs> but I, I just. Like the whole con, it's just so, it's just so dumb to me. Like it's dumb. Like as here, hell. like yes. back it up, back it up, shake it on me, and here you can rock my chain. Like you what? Hold my eyes. Now you owe me because I put my chain on you. It's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. The, the thing too, the thing too is like some people have called out Nas on this record for being a misogynist, right? Like, right, like which, right. which I, I don't necessarily buy, because I don't think that transactions i don't think that 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 transactional relationship makes you a misogynist or anything i I, I personally don't just because there are plenty of of women who don't want to do those transactions and other ones who do those transactions right right? so like that to me i'm like whatever i'm not necessarily listening to that but that being said though to have this be the transaction like no you're not going to get a house you're not going to get a car. You're not going to get bread. You're not going to get a nice timeout, whatever. None of that. Uh-huh. You're going to get to rock my chain. Like, it's Yo, like, I, it's I, so, it's so petty. Almost. Outlaw, I got, I got to say though, right? Let's be honest with ourselves, right? Like, let's just think about hit singles, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, most of them are fucking stupid, yeah, right? And this is like what, what, like, people, it catches people's attention. So, like, I think, you know, Nas really lucked out with If I Rule the World. And unfortunately, yes. like, you know, it sets this super high standard for us in terms of like Nas is able to make a record that's like in the clubs. It fits like his his narrative and you know like his his image and etc. But then it, and it's you know it's it's heartfelt. It it, it it means something. It talks about something. But then at the same time, it's a good club record. Yeah. I don't even know if he ever did that again in his career. Like, um, I mean, most of his singles are just as ignorant as anybody else's singles. What about the record with his dad? Or um, I know I can't can be. One of, oh, no, I, I, okay, I don't I like those records. But, but I mean, are these hits. like are, the, are those like club like records though? Yo, I heard those songs. Like, in the I'm club. thinking about Nas. I'm thinking about Nas in the club, right? Like one mic was a single, but like it wasn't a big club record. Like you know, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway, I kept it. I think honestly that uh, Timbaland stuck his foot in that. 
genuine this is genuine on his way out the door but he still was hot at this mm-hmm. point in time and you know i think i think the record it, it works okay. it works for nas you know it works for how hypocritical this album already is <laughs> uh, and all over the place so the la- the last one i and then you know i'll let you take the reins and this is going to be funny i have dr knockboot as a bonus cut and oh, wow. here's why so I kept Dr. Knockboot as a bonus cut because I think that Nas could have actually really used this as a marketing tool by creating a, essentially this is a song that's not even it shouldn't be contained in the in the normal you know body of the album mm-hmm. but he could have created like a music video that was essentially like Dr. Ruth right so it's like he's like he's on television and he's like chilling there with his guys from Queens and people are calling in and they're getting sex advice from Nas and Nas is you know like giving them advice like it could have almost been like a red man-esque type of promo video that they just used to like you know just kind of promote the video on the side like this was around the time we talked about this with wu-tang forever right this was around the time that like cats were putting things where it's like if you put the cd into your computer there's like some bonus footage or yeah, something like yeah, that yeah, you know yeah. type of deal the, so the I feel enhanced like, cd That's right what they were doing, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like the the dr knockboot kind of you know uh joke video could have been something that they use as like an additional promotional okay. tool that wasn't a main part of the album it's a really fucking silly ass song um it's not good but I think like they could have used it in that way. So okay. that's all I got. So you can take over and you can tell us how bad you owe me is. <laughs> I well, I think the issue or the question I have for you is do you think that the modifications that you made, some of which are really good, but mm-hmm. some of the songs that you that I questioned you adding on, like I think that that would take it away, detract from it being a classic album. Which ones? Mainly you owe me. I think that the doc, having a Dr. Knockboot, as funny as that idea is. Yeah, it's a, it's a bonus, though. I think that if it was just on the enhanced CD part, but I think that if, yeah. so, if you put it in the car and then people have to listen to that, I don't know. Yeah, I, that's, I think that would that's be That's what tough. I'm saying. It's not, I wouldn't have it in the body. Um, And the You Owe Me, you know, just to, just to kind of defend it a little bit, I think that, you know, he really tried with You Won't See Me Tonight and some of these records to have like a smash. Yeah. Right? And it, and it didn't happen. And so I'm looking at the body of my album here, and I still don't necessarily have a smash other than Hate Me Now, I guess if you yeah. want to call that a smash. You Own Me is a smash. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it really is. And so like I think you know, a lot of times you kind of need that record that's going to take it to the next level to put it on everybody's radar. And I okay. think that's why I kept it. All right. Well, I'll get into to my version of this. And... I am actually taking, I am going to take some tracks from the Lost Tapes, but I'm mm-hmm. only going to take the ones that were recorded for this session. How do you know which ones were recorded for this session? And research, baby. <laughs> yeah, I did, my, I did some research. So <laughs> I think the Purple Do-Rags and the Barry White one, what was that? Uh, no Ideas Original, right? Uh-huh. Those were actually for the Stillmatic sessions, I think. Okay. Now, Papa Was a Player was for this session, and I do like mm-hmm. this song, but I'm not going to include it on here. So mm-hmm. I am going to keep parts of the intro. I, I just kind of like that. I like the like the first few seconds of it. When he splices all mm-hmm. the, the things in there, maybe he doesn't need to do that. But mm-hmm. maybe keep you know that kind of eerie message and then uh, the eerie music, and then I don't mind it going 
straight into New York State of Mind Part 2. Although mm -hmm. I, I do like your idea of just having the record start with Hate Me Now. So maybe mm -hmm. after I go through my list, I go through it and make an adjustment. But okay. I'm, my second track will still be New York State of Mind Part 2 mm -hmm. going into Hate Me Now. In fact, the first five tracks, I'm kind of keeping all the same. So we're going from okay. Hate Me Now to Small World because I, I do like that song. I think it's a good story. And mm -hmm. Favor for a Favor, I really like your idea of putting Tupac on there. I had not thought mm -hmm. about that. So I'm just going with the original Scarface version for now. Okay. So after this... I'm going to a song that was supposed to be on the original double LP called The Rise and Fall. I really like the beat. What happened to it? Is, well, it, is it on Lost Tapes? No, they never, they never finished it. So if you go back and you look, if you look at The Rise and Fall on YouTube, okay. you'll hear it and I'm assuming that these songs would be polished. So that mm -hmm. song is, is a really dope song. Um, I think it would transition really, really well after Favor for a Favor into mm -hmm. We Will Survive, which I'm, I'm keeping okay. the same in that order. After We Will Survive, that's when we get the Ron Isley cut, the Project Windows, which was on Nostradamus. One of the better songs right. on Nostradamus, in my opinion. I think mm -hmm. that that would go really, really well into that. Then we're going to go to a track that's on The Lost Tapes, which was recorded for this session. You got to love it. I think that that's a that'd be a great song to have after the project windows it kind of has the, the the same tempo tempo there or the same kind of tone from we will survive project windows you gotta love it and that's when we're switching it and we're going to the premiere record come get me which is on nostradamus which yeah. was originally supposed to be on the double lp as well i don't have it as a posse cut although i do like your posse cut idea so i might have to might have to go back and revisit that after yeah. come get me because we we elevated the the energy a little bit we're gonna go back to another story blaze of 50 which yo, oh, you man, said it i love that song it's so good it's so it's good so um, good it's, it's too good it really highlights just how much better of a storyteller he is than jc <laughs> but i will say some of the stories on here sounded like he was trying to tell stories like jay and missing the boat yeah but so, blaze of 50 is not one of them but blaze of 50 is definitely <laughs> blaze of 50 oh, is just like it's so amazing anyone who doubts his storytelling pedigree or doubts that he's in the upper echelon of hip-hop right. storytellers just needs to listen to this record and there's some other ones yep. too but yeah this record yep. is great all right sure. so the other thing i'm going to do is i'm going to include a record that was on the original double lp again we're going to polish it it's called hardest thing to do is stay alive i like it good beat good tempo obviously you would need to be polished up a little bit but uh go back and listen to that if you if you haven't had a chance to and then we're gonna go into drunk by myself you liked that one i do like it yeah i do i do like it especially with how i'm arranging this album i think i know that, a lot of people who really liked that record and it, it didn't really do it i think what i'm doing on this record is very serious it's a darker album but it's uh -huh. it's got beats that i think work very well for Nas. that like sometimes he just picks like really really bad ones but these ones that I'm focusing on are, are, are ones that I think that no, like they sound good even today, even though these some of these ones I, I mentioned we need to get some polish to them. So, you know, I'm assuming that we're going to refine those. But yeah, but Drunk by Myself, I think in the context of the, how I've laid out these tracks sounds good. There is a posse cut that he had on the original yeah. double LP called Prey which he doesn't even actually have a verse on. He's got his Bravehearts cast on that. I really like this beat, or rather how I imagine it would sound if it got the full production to it, like the, the full polish. 
but if you had that song on there with his Bravehearts crew, but you actually put a Nas verse on there, I think that that sounds really good. So you're saying you actually want to hear jungle rap? I think that he's entitled to have his his posse, his posse. I think he's entitled to it. So look, I'm not a big fan of of any of the Bravehearts, but whatever. That beat is good enough to sustain those MCs, assuming that we can get a strong Nas verse, right? After that, I'm going with Find Your Wealth, which is actually is something that I think they released like a Lost Tapes 2 or something like that. And Find Your Wealth was on there. I like that record a lot. I, I really, really like the beat. I think it would go well again, like I mentioned, with the rest of the tracks I have on here. And then we're closing out with Nas's Life. So you'll have to go back and, and look for some of these records that I that I listed. Like I said, I try to do some deep cuts here because originally what I was going to do was I wanted to make sure that when I included records from the last tapes that I included ones that were recorded with this. And then I ended up finding a whole track list of what the double LP was supposed to sound like. Yeah, so I'm including tracks from that. But I think in here we have a very cohesive project. You still have some of the bangers, you know, like Hate Me Now. Nas is like, which, all right, maybe that's not a banger, but for the hip hop as it is, Come and Get Me is a really dope track. I think you have good filler in here. Like, I wouldn't even call some of these records filler. Maybe the hardest thing to do is stay alive. Maybe that might be filler, Project Windows, but like, these are good songs. Like, these are songs that, because you enjoyed the rest of the album, when you listen to these, they end up growing on you as well. And I think that that really gets us to a good staple Nas LP. It is not a double disc. And before we close out, I do want to talk a little bit about that double disc as well. So those okay. those are my thoughts there. The ones that you mentioned that I really like, I do like the idea of starting out with Hate Me Now and then going into New York State of Mind. I love the idea of putting Tupac on Favor for a Favor. And the, the New World, I'm not... I think with what you wanted to do, New World definitely definitely works. And you said you would have Andre 3000 on. Which one did you say you had Andre yeah. 3000 on? On New World? I had him on two tracks. I had him on Do-Rags and I had him on New World. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. what you have too. I think yours is a brighter, a lighter album than mine, mm-hmm. especially with You Owe Me on there. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's kind of my take on, the, uh, on how I would actually make this a classic record. I think it would have worked at the time because... For the reasons that this album did work at the time, we're not taking any of that stuff away. And for the reasons why this album didn't date well, we're adding things that, in my opinion, had dated well, but make the entire picture of it really, really work together. I think you get at least a four and a half mic album that's deserved, not like what the fucking source gave it. (laughs) And who knows, maybe it could even be a five mic album, but he had a lot of really good content coming out around this time. And it's unfortunate that the leak came out. We never really got to hear the full version. Mm. But I do have some thoughts on that double LP, uh, unless you you want to break in and give your thoughts as well. All right, go ahead. So from what I understand about this double LP, the way it was supposed to work was the side one was kind of supposed to be like him growing up like as a child. So we get records on here like Belly or through the belly button window or fetus or something like that have you heard that record it's the hidden track i heard fetus yes that record was actually originally supposed to be the intro to this album and there's a lot of records like that one which which i don't really like and the way that the disc one was supposed to end was with undying love and then the way disc two starts was supposed to be like in the afterlife but it starts out with like a song called like amongst kings 
And it's just like, okay, so let me get this straight, Nas, Nasir. <laughs> let me get this straight. You have a song where your woman is cheating on you, is being unfaithful. So that's a ding one. Ding two, you decide to get retribution. Then you kill her accidentally. Ding three. Then you kill yourself. Ding four. Yet somehow there's an afterlife for you when you're amongst kings. Like, I'm sorry. And I'm not even a Christian, but I can tell you that everything I think I know about Christianity, none of that fucking shit lines up at all. At all. That sounds like some more smart dumb shit. <laughs> Nas has been described as smart dumb. He's like a jail genius. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. So, uh, you know, I, I read an article today about um, from OK Player. I don't remember when it actually it might have actually just came out because it's 20 years since, yeah, since the release of this happened. Right. And uh, they were talking about like how hip hop would have changed if the double album would have been released the way it was intended. And I'm like, look. I don't think that this double album would have been great. I think that there's a lot of bad songs on here. Like it was saying that like, oh, you know, Life After Death, All Eyes and Me and Wu-Tang Forever are double LP staples, but they have filler. And I'm like, wait, yeah, but they're you're going to accuse though. Yeah, you're going to accuse those <laughs> albums of having filler. But then to say that the projected Nas double LP would not have had filler. No, there was a lot of trash yeah. on, uh, I mean, on the songs that got leaked. You look at what he did with Streets Disciple, and you yeah. can't tell me that he yeah. has the quality control to put out a, a double disc. Like, it, no, I don't think so. It, his track record just didn't show that that would would have worked for him. Yeah, and you know, I'm really glad that we did this because I remember in college, that's when the Nas Jay Z debate was really on fire. Mm -hmm. You know, we had Ether, we had Stillmatic. We had Super Ugly, Blueprint, Takeover, all that shit, right? Yeah. And I think that oftentimes we are going back to compare their previous works. And we were probably still too close to 1999 to really understand that this album is not good. And I think that nah. when we were even talking about Nas discography, like a lot of us just like completely forget Nashadamas. That's um, true. Just completely forget to we talk about to. it. And it's just like, no, you, you, you can't ignore that album, which he released seven months after this. Yeah. Um, and I understand why he did it. Like I said, I, you know, I'm not trying to harp on Nas too much because I love Nas. He's in my elite tier of MCs. I think he's one of the greatest hip hop artists yeah. ever. But yeah, like just going back to listen to this album, do it's, you, just, it's just frustrating. Do you feel like he also released Nostradamus in that way to try to compete with DMX and DMX giving us two albums within the same year? Cause I kind of feel like he, that's why he did it that way. He might have. A lot of the songs on yeah. Nostradamus were on the original double LP. Right, right. And part of it has to do with what I was talking about in terms of like 1999 really should have been Nas's year. Because yeah. I want to say that Jay-Z comes out with volume three this year, right? Or is that 2000? I think it's 99. Oh, I think it was this year. Yeah, cause Big Pimpin'. Yes, yes. And so, yeah. Volume three was big. Big Big Pippin was was great, but I think that Nas really had that opportunity to to lock it down. And so yeah, maybe it was a response to to him doing you know trying to do what DMX did. I mean, he did have the content to do it. So because I mean, he did put out an album that managed to sell at least one million records, maybe even two. Yeah, this is a double platinum album. No, but I think Nasheedamus went double platinum as well. Platinum, platinum. Okay, it wasn't double, but uh, but I am was double. Okay. Well, I don't really have anything much else to add to this. Uh, you know, what do you, do you have anything else to add? The one thing I, I actually let me add is um, 
most of the other Nas albums around this time had like a hey prodigy and havoc can you guys give me one of the records that's really yours and let me get it mm-hmm. on my album yeah like we even get one on nostradamus but we didn't have one on i am so that's interesting oh you talk about the family yeah no the family was actually supposed to be on the original double disc oh, i think it? so i'm i think so okay. yeah and i yeah. mean it's produced by dame grease so that makes sense right 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 right. yeah, yeah. so look you know twice in the span of two or three months we've kind of gone after Nas a little bit but um <laughs> I mean, hey, it, it needs to be done. I think the record needs to show that, yeah, anyone who went back and thought that Nas has a better catalog than Jay-Z, anyone who's still fighting that fight, uh, no, it's just not true. See, now we got to go back and do Illmatic so we can show that we don't we don't dislike Nas. <laughs> I mean, look, I could, I could talk about Illmatic all day. That album was great. And right, look, right, right. we I got some like fire so for Jay-Z too do. because I want to do, uh, I definitely want to do a Make It A Classic for, for Volume 1. And for I don't know about volume three. I'm not sure if volume three deserves it. Although it does have some it has some heat on there for sure. But yeah, it's also got some trash on that. Anything else? Nah, we got another quarterly uh coming up in the near future. So we apologize for getting a little late on the other one. And other than that, uh, signing off. Peace. Peace. Freedom of jail, clips inserted, a baby's being born, same time a man is murdered, the beginning and end. As far as rap go, it's only natural, I explain my plateau, and also what defines my name. First it was nasty, but times have changed, ask me now, I'm the artist, but hardcore, my signs for pain. I spent time in the game, kept my mind on fame, saw things shoot up and do lines of cocaine. Saw my close friends shot, flatlining my same, that depends, carry MAC-10s to practice my aim. On rooftops, tape CD covers the trees, line a barrel up with your weak picture. And squeeze street scriptures for lost souls in the crossroads to the corner thugs hustling for cars that cost dough to the big dogs living large taking it light pushing big toys getting nice join your life is what you make it suicide few tried to take it belt tied around their neck and jail cells naked heaven and hell rap legend presence is felt and of course nas are the letters that spell Earth, and fire, rims and tires, bulletproof glass inside is the realest driver. Planets in orbit, line them up with the stars. Tarot cards, you can see the Pharaoh Nas. I am Mike, Messiah type. Before the Christ, after the death, the last one left. Let my cash invest in stock. Came a long way from blasting.